You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 54, the first episode of My New House. So I have a new background. Unfortunately, that means that I don't yet have uh, my, my dice cam set up and my green screen and things because they're put away in boxes. Um, so you'll have to just trust me on the dice rolls today. I promise you I will never fudge uh, one of Apis's dice rolls. That is that is your dice rolls and, it, and it, the dice will uh, land as it lands. So welcome along to episode 54. Where did we leave off in episode 53? Well, to cut a long story short, you shot an arrow at Charlie. <laughs> um, you, uh, you you skewered the apple right off of his head and thus started the hunt. Charlie ran for his life, um, casting uh, Longstrider on himself. Uh, then he got to the uh, edge of the dome and escaped out into the surrounding maze that had been created by Lucifreak, the green dragon. Lucifreak uh, told Zakar and Pakrish uh, his second and third uh, right hand um, to stay behind at the dome and and watch over the um, the treasures there, while you and Enola, his first right hand, Green Dragonborn, uh, went out on the hunt. Enola gave you back your bow and three of your arrows, three of your plus one Manticore arrows, and you were led out into the the uh, the maze. Um, uh, Lucifreak told you to split up. And split up you did. You went into different parts of the maze to, to hunt down Charlie. And through uh, quite a lot of, um, uh, well, after quite a lot of uh, searching, uh, a large uh, rat came over, came, came, came upon you. And unlike the, um, the green dragon rats, this one had a brownish, uh, hard sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Um, a bark-like uh, texture to its skin. Uh, it spoke to you in Sylvan and uh, announced that it was it was Charlie in wild shape. Um, and he suggested that the uh, the ambush back at the dome um, should be underway. He he set up before getting himself hunted, before deliberately punching Enola in the face to get himself hunted. Um, he set up that uh, in this distraction, while Lucifreak is out uh, hunting Charlie, the people back at the dome can be hunting the um, the guards and attacking uh, Pakrish and uh, and and uh, Zakar. And so it was down to you two, while you're out, to take out the third and final uh, Dragonborn, Enola, who is out here with you somewhere. And then um, the. Uh, the, the rat ran off in, towards the um, in the direction of the dead part of the forest, the, the part that is um, uh, ruled over by undead and thus uh, not accessible to Lucifreak's living uh, eyes and ears, his bird and rat spies. And so you um, you followed the rat. You you, you followed the rat and uh, and encountered Lucifreak, who said who uh, said that um, he knows that. Uh, um, what's his chops? Uh, Charlie has gone into the into the dead part of the forest. 
he's going to fly over to the other side of the dead part of the forest in case he just cuts through and tries to escape back out into the forest. Uh, and he wants you and Enola to team up and go into the dead uh, dead part of the forest from this side to chase him and sort of smoke him out, as it were. Um, so he teamed you up with Enola again, and then he sent the two of you off into the dead part of the forest while he himself went over to the other side. A little walk into the dead part of the forest, you managed to find tracks that Charlie was deliberately leaving for you, and tracking those, you found a... Uh, uh, you found where he was hiding in a bush and uh, just as she kind of cottoned on to what was going on she says uh, this better not be an ambush if it is uh, you won't live to see the morning and Charlie uh, revealing himself from nearby uh, stepped out and said um, well we better make it work then and began to cast a spell and as he began to cast a spell you knocked an arrow and spun around to try and face her and she drew out her uh, she, she got her pike up and ready um, to defend herself and attack you. And so we're going straight into initiative order. Bum bum bum. This is Tailspire, this program. It's a three-dimensional tabletop simulator. It's pretty dope, pretty exciting stuff. So this is what you're seeing. As Apis, you're, uh, I, thought that this, I thought that this was the closest we can find in, in the um, default, uh, default characters of Tailspire. It's a dwarf. Uh, she's clearly got uh, boobs, but she's also got a beard. So she's got this sort of uh, hermaphroditic or gender fluid or uh, this ambiguous sort of gender to it, which I thought was as close as I could get to Apis right now. Um, then we've got a green dragonborn, Enola, following you along. She does not have a spell, but this is, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, and then over here, hiding in this bush somewhere, where are you? Heading in this bush is uh, is Charlie, an elven man with a um, with uh, a spell. So that's what we're that's what we're seeing. This is the uh, this is the layout, and the, uh, the the dead things on the ground are indicative of the fact that you have a lot of undead uh, in this particular part of the forest. So just to remind you, if you any any sort of loud noises, loud spells, thunderous damage, anything that uh, draws attention, screams and yells. Uh, any of that is likely to draw the attention of various different undead animals that are in this part of the forest, which could be to your benefit or detriment, depending on whom they go for, whom they attack. You are currently on 45 hit points. You have armor class 15. You do not have your inspiration reroll. You do not have your, uh, your lucky horseshoe reroll. You do not have any of your level 2 spell slots. You only have one of your level 3 spell slots. And with that... <laughs> Let's roll you initiative. All right, so here we go. On your initiative, you got a three. You got a three plus your uh, initiative modifier of three because you're, uh, you've got a plus three in dexterity. It takes you to an initiative of six. Now I rolled ahead of time for your allies, uh, your ally, uh, Charlie and the enemy. And both of them rolled a seven on the dice, but Charlie has a, uh, a higher um, dexterity modifier. So, unfortunately for you, you'll be last in the initiative order, but fortunately for you, Charlie goes first. So, with a uh, with that, Charlie being the one ready, kind of makes sense this way, that she was on edge, kind of expecting an ambush. You were facing away from her, so it takes you time to turn around and fire, so it kind of makes sense that he was the one most ready. He's starting in a bush. 
Um, and he says, uh, when, when he hears her close enough and says, um, uh, uh, what did she say? Uh, you, you won't live till, till, uh, to see sunrise. And he says, well, we'll make, we'll better make it work then. And he steps out, he casts a spell and in the area behind you, you hear the ground, uh, cracking and rumbling and, and suddenly there's like a, um, a thunderous, not, not thunderous, it's not super loud, uh, but there is a, a definite earthquake feeling to the ground uh, behind you. As he casts a spell, a third level spell called Erupting Earth. And in the area behind her, in this, uh, in this area here, rocks, that one's a bit large, isn't it? Can I make it smaller? I forget how to do that. Is it Alt? No. Uh, shift? No. I'm sure there's a way for me to make that thing smaller. That one's a bit too big. Ooh, gems, that's cool. All kinds of... Oh, damn, there's <laughs> these massive rocks. Uh, let me try and find some that are smaller, bouldery pebbles. Oops, up on a tree. All of this ground in this 20-foot cube around her erupts out uh, and causes her bludgeoning damage if she is going to fail her if she's going to fail her dexterity saving throw. All of this area here is difficult terrain and she has to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, which she fails, I believe. What's his DC? His DC would be 14. DC 14. I forgot to write that down. DC 14. She got a 12. So with that, she fails and erupting earth, I think, is... I'm going to have to look it up, actually. I can't remember now. It was a, a little while since we played, so I've forgotten uh, what his spells do. I think it's 3d12, 2d12. Erupting Earth, here we go. 3d12 bludgeoning damage. Holy moly. She's not going to enjoy that. Let me find some more d12s. One there, one there, and one there. All right. Failed her dexterity. It was dexterity, wasn't it? Yeah. Dexterity saving throw. Uh, not the worst, not the best. Um, right down the middle, I guess. So 3, 6, and 8 make 17. 17 points of bludgeoning damage to her, right to start off the fight. Uh, I'll write it down the bottom here. 17. Um, and she's not starting exactly on full health because he's punched her in the face earlier today and he did two points of damage to her from that so she's on she's taken 19 points of damage total so far she's not yet looking wounded pop and then <laughs> bludgeoning damage all right so the ground in the area becomes difficult to rain until cleared uh, each five foot square portion uh, requires at least a minute to clear by hand so she ain't clearing that in the middle of this fight we better start right then and and out all, all comes the um the rocks and the the ground rumbling around her uh it's not exactly a silent spell uh so with everything that makes noise there is a chance um that it will draw the attention of surrounding things all right um so moving on it is now enola's turn at the top of enola's turn i will just draw the um the uh the giveaway batmerp batmerp are you still in the chat yes you're still there perfect so have a think batmerp about what you're going to do you have one spell left you i don't believe i don't remember so, someone correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think you are concentrating on any spells right now you're not concentrating on zephyr or uh, hunter's mark or 
protection from good and evil or anything. So I, I don't think you're concentrating on anything. So you've got one spell, you've got three arrows. You don't have long sword, but you do have longbow. You do have planar warrior, and you've got one spell slot for um, for hunter's mark. You don't have any of your um, second level spells left, so you don't, you can't do misty step or pass without trace. Okay, um, back to back to the fight. Enola, Enola sees that this um, this is an out. This is in fact an ambush. <laughs> she's rump. She's uh, she's she's bludgeoned around. <laughs> she's uh, thrown into one uh, thrown from uh, off off kilter by one rock coming up be- beneath her uh, left foot. Pushes her to the right, and then just as another pillar of rock comes up from the right and slams into her chest, <laughs> uh, she's knocked and almost drops her pike. Uh, and then she's going to step forwards. She's uh, just about just less than just more than ten feet away from you. So she's going to step forwards to here. It takes her about uh, two feet to move, so it takes her four feet of movement. But once she's within ten feet, which she is now, she has reach because she's got a pike weapon. Um, She is going to strike forwards with her pike against you. Actually, uh, what's the distance between her and him? Because she is not very smart, but she's smart enough. So if she gets to here, wait, 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 yeah, okay, so she can do it. She's going to use, so from there, she's going to use five feet, which takes her 10, and then she's going to go another five feet there, takes her 15 feet. She's going to come rushing right up behind you, and as with her pike out, she's going to sort of drop it to uh, into one hand, and she's going to kind of reach forwards to sort of half grab half grab at you to make sure that you're not moving and right into your face uh, close enough that she can breathe past you and to him as well she inhales and then she lets loose her 20 foot cone of poison i'm going to have you make a constitution saving throw which is a 17 on the dice plus your constitution is going to be fine so you're going to half the damage uh, and then for uh, Charlie, uh, 18. So you both actually succeed, so taking half damage, which is 10. She did max it out. So that is uh, five points of poison to you because you succeeded your con save. You're resistant to poison, so it gets halved again, uh, which takes it down to two and a half. I round up because that's how maths works. So you take three points of poison damage from her breathing directly into your face. So not bad at all, not bad at all. Three points of poison damage. Uh, Charlie takes five. Five to him. With the newer editions of the Dragonborn models, um, the dra- the breath weapon actually gets to replace one attack. It's not your entire action. So she breathes into your face, and then she drives back. Uh, with this one, she kind of lets go of... Uh, she kind of grabbed you to steady herself and <laughs> breathe past you. And then she lets go to drive back uh, and use that momentum, that, that sort of twisting momentum to drive the pike at you. She's going to try and hit you with a pike. More like my morning breath than poison breath here. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to miss. Well, unfortunately for her anyway. Uh, that is going to miss with a nine total. <laughs> she strikes out at you with the pike. Uh, she is, however, a polearm master. So as she makes an attack with a polearm, she can then make a bonus action attack with the offhand. <sighs> she strikes out at the um, with you with the pike, and because you're too close, you manage to easily drop the, um, de- get get inside of the attack, as it were. Uh, and then you kind of come towards her. She pushes past you, misses you with the uh, the the speary 
uh, pointed end of the um, the pike. So she then brings it back and kind of twists her wrist as she brings it back to try and hit you with the other end of the pike, uh, which is going to be a 15 to hit, which is exactly your armor class. So it just hits. Oof. She does. Uh, she does five points of bludgeoning damage. And then it that is all she can do. That's all she wrote. Uh, that was two attacks and a bonus action. And her movement, she's got a little bit more movement if she wants to take it. Uh, she is going to take it. Yes, she's going to... She's got 15 feet of movement left because of the having to move out of difficult terrain. She wants to keep you on... Does she, she wants to keep you both on the same side, doesn't she? Uh, she's going to... Let's see, 5, 10, 15. Could she get half cover? Yeah. She's going to she's gonna uh, step away from you, half cover. Uh, as, you, um, as she steps away, you can get an attack of opportunity. You only have your bow out, so you could hit her with a bow and it would be an unarmed strike. Uh, just a general consensus in the chat. Do you want to use your reaction to take an attack of opportunity at her? It means you don't get a reaction for anything else, but I don't think Apis uses their reaction for anything really, so we good for taking that attack of opportunity? Yep, looks like it. Okay, so we're going to take an attack of opportunity with our bow. Ooh, 17 plus stuff will hit. Uh, so it's just, it's an unarmed strike, it's not an unarmed, sorry, it's an improvised weapon strike as you sort of strike her with the butt of your bow. Um, but, 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 I'll just punch her in the face. <laughs> but we'll go with the bow because then you get improvised weapon damage, which is three plus your... Uh, you can't planar warrior reaction rate, it's a bonus action, remember. Bonus action to use planar warrior, you have to charge it up before you then strike with it. Uh, your strength is a plus one from memory, so that is four points of damage. Every little helps. Takes it to 23 total. You strike her. Wham. Um, she is... Could we have shot with our bow? You can't shoot somebody uh, for a reaction. Um, a, a, a attack of opportunity can't be a, a ranged weapon attack. That's her. That's her entire turn. Okay. Then it is Apis's turn with Batmurp. Batmurp, what are we doing? Alright, Hunter's Marker, then move the maximum distance away without using dash where she won't have cover and then shoot. Awesome. Good, well thought out. Uh, concise turn there, Batmurp. Let me make sure that everybody's on the battlefield here. So, with your uh, last remaining spell slot, you turn round. You, fit, you, you, you. As she's running, you, um, it's sort of slow motion for you. Her footsteps landing on the um, various sort of uh, um, almost dying. Because remember, the forest itself isn't dead. Uh, it's just that the creatures that live in the forest are undead. So she's putting her feet down on the on the mushrooms and the and the and the plant material, uh, crunching of leaves, and you're predicting her footsteps. You're feeling the life that she is displacing by her presence. You're thinking about the the temperature of the air and the wind over her scales and what that would be like. You're 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 empathising with her position, uh, so that you can mark that creature and mark that creature over any other any of the other creatures of the forest. It's actually the hunter's mark comes remarkably um, easy to you uh, in this moment because of the significant lack of uh, um, uh, bestial uh, animal life form around. Uh, it, it, it makes it easier for you to target which which particular beast, which particular creature you are um, you are you are marking. So you you reach out your bow and pull up from the ground in the usual fashion, and the the greenery from the forest 
uh, attaches into her um, her, her bare, bare clawed feet into her um, into her person. You cast your last first level spell slot. You are concentrating. Everybody remember, remember you are concentrating on Hunter's Mark. So if you take any damage from now on, you need to make concentration saves. Um, all right, and then you're going to use your full movement, which for you is 25 feet. You want to make sure she doesn't have uh, cover. So you've said that you want to move as far away as possible, but doing so, you can you can come over this direction easily. Uh, come over this direction easily enough because um, uh, obviously it's open. But then she'll have even more cover from that direction. You can run over this way, but then because of all of this erupted earth, she'll still have cover, and you won't have enough space to get all the way around here. So the only way, you, so you can either get further away, and she has cover. Or you can get closer, but she doesn't have cover. Which one do you which one do you prefer, Batmap? You can't get both, unfortunately, from your current position. Each one of these squares is ten feet. So you can you can go twenty-five feet. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. You can get further away, but she has cover. Or you can go towards her here. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. You can get to like here. She won't have cover, but you'll you'll only be like fifteen feet away from her or so. Want to get the bow out of disadvantage range and then remove cover as the second priority. Okay, so so disadvantage range is literally just next to her. As long as you're not next to her, then um, then then you don't have disadvantage to shoot. So in that case, it sounds like you want to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. You get to about here. Turn you around to face her. Uh, you get to here. You have used your movement. You've used your bonus action, and then your action is to shoot. And from your movement, sort of chasing after her as she leaves, you hit her with the bow, you hunt as marker as she goes, and then you set off after her, uh, and you rush down. She rushes behind a, a, a tree to sort of have cover to her back to, to sort of like make sure nobody can flank her. Um, and she spins around, and as you spin around, uh, you are, you're sort of flanking around. You leap and take a shot with your arrow. You can't play in a warrior because you've hunters marked, but if you hit with a longbow, then you'll at least get your hunters marked damage as well. Awesome. Sounds good, sounds good, sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, attack with a longbow is a plus eight. The It was a six on the dice, taking it to a 14. 14 is not quite enough to hit. It's uh, it, it just misses. It she The arrow comes in, and she has to really kind of bend back, and it hits into the tree beside her. Um, it almost hit, but unfortunately not quite. That was your attack. Uh, you've got two attacks now that you're level five as a ranger. So you you fire that one and land, and then knock your other arrow. You've now got only two arrows left. You fire off again. That one was a 13 on the dice, plus eight. Takes you to a 21. 21 definitely hits. 21 is your D8 for your longbow. That's four, so seven points of, uh, seven points of, oh, wait, 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 wait. The first one would have been a 14, but it would have been a 15 because you're using a plus one manticore arrow. And it's a plus one to the attack roll, not to the damage, because it's a uh, masterwork. So the first one did hit. So as it's a manticore arrow, just as she was diving out of the way, it does stick into the tree, but it nicks the top of her shoulder as it hits. Uh, it cuts pretty badly into some kind of muscle and uh, and sinew of her shoulder. So I'll take this one for the first arrow, which would be uh, somebody remind me. I always forget. Is it? I am. I am right in thinking that my plus one I said was a plus one to attack rolls, not to damage. Or was it the other way around? 
from memory, I'm pretty sure that my masterwork arrows that aren't magical plus ones are plus one to attack rolls and not damage because I think of them as being like the manticore arrowhead is uh, more, is better designed to pierce armor. I can't remember. I can never remember. Why can't I? Why can I never remember my own bloody rules about masterwork arrows? I'm gonna better fletching would probably mean more accuracy. I'm going to say that it's a plus one to your accuracy, not to your damage. I'm going to make a note of reminding myself that. <laughs> and now I'm going to have that somewhere. Plus one accuracy. Because the, the way I'm thinking of it is it's a better designed arrow. So as GM Workshop says, it's got better fletching and it's got a harder um, or sharper tip. Meaning it's better at hitting and, uh, and and piercing through armor and getting into you in the first place. But if the arrow's piercing into you anyway, it doesn't matter that it's sharper and, well, I suppose it might pierce in a little deeper. But I, I think of it as like it's more likely to hit and cause that cause the damage, but less it, it won't do any more damage. Better fletching, I think, is a good way to think about it. Better arrow is better aim. Yeah, all right, so that makes sense. So the first one hit and did seven points of piercing damage and then a further six points of Hunter's Mark. God damn, 13 from that first uh, first arrow uh, takes you to that. And then the second arrow also hit and did uh, a minimum of that. So that's uh, four, points of, uh, four points of damage and then three points of Hunter's. So seven further points. God damn, she's looking wounded from those two strikes. Both arrows strike in, one hits her in the shoulder, and you see that the green um, the, the green hunter's mark energy seeps up the uh, up her body into where the arrow strikes and then seems to tear open that wound a little more, causing extra damage to her. Uh, and then as she's reeling back from that, you quick fire, and the next one hits her in the right hip. Uh, it st sticks out of her. She's got uh, one arrow stuck into the tree behind her, one arrow stick in sticking into her hip, um, and uh, and she's not looking. She's not looking well. She's bleeding. Um, that's Apis's whole turn. Very good turn it was, Batmup. Well done. The hunter's mark uh, was a very good choice. Cool. That is everything you can do. It is now Charlie's turn. Charlie, let's have a look what you got. Um, he's used that. He's used this. Has he got another? Uh, you're, you've taken a bit of damage, but it's more important that he takes her out than heals you. Let's have a look at his druid spells. Oh, he has got hold person prepared. Oh yeah, hold person. That's definitely a smart idea. What's the range? Sixty feet. He's definitely within sixty feet, isn't he? He was. She was twenty feet away, and then ran thirty. So ran fifteen. So yeah, she's definitely within sixty feet. So staying somewhat hidden in the bush uh, from where he is. Um, he. How does this work from a druid's perspective? Um, druid's perspective. She, he. How does a druid hold person? And seeps into her mind. Yeah, okay. He 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 looks at the tree beside her, and he sees the uh, the the beauty and majesty and 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 power and um, stubbornness of the life form that is uh, plant material that just stays its entire life, uh, decades, sometimes centuries, uh, in one in one spot. And he harnesses the same sort of uh, 
paralyzed nature of of these these um, strong structures that make up the the lungs of the the planet and then he imbues her with that or he tries to imbue her with that same stationary nature um, he is going to cast hold person on her she makes a wisdom saving throw oh, that's good uh, that's gonna save I think what's his DC yeah that saves um, so she uh, he, he tries to make her stand still and uh, uh, she seems to uh, almost uh, seize up her eyes go towards him and then she breaks through it and she gets her pike at the ready uh, that is that is his turn. Oh, actually, I've just remembered. What was you? You ran past here, didn't you? So what's the distance there? Yeah, it's less than ten feet. Um, so unfortunately, so she you ran within ten feet of her to get past. This won't affect anything as a retcon, so uh, I'm gonna do it. Um, as you ran into her melee range because she has polearm master as a feat. Um, because you enter her melee range, she can take an attack of opportunity when you enter, not just when you leave. In fact, you ran through, so you would have entered and left. Uh, and and left. Um, so she took a strike at you as she t as she got to the tree before you before you um, uh, hit her with uh, your arrows. She took a strike at you. Uh, oh, that's a uh, that's a nineteen, which for her is a crit. Um, so she's going to do ten points maxed. Uh, ten points plus three. Yeah, so 13 points plus a d10. 13 points plus a d10 is 9, and she got 9 on that as well. So 22 points of damage. Holy cow. Uh, 22 from 37 makes 15. You are looking wounded. This was... Yeah, this was after you cast Hunter's Mark. Oh shit, so it might have changed something. I'm going to roll a concentration uh, save for you. So yeah, you did 9 points of damage from your Hunter's Mark, so if you drop concentration here, I'm going to give her 9 hit points back, because I forgot. Uh, 2. A 2, unfortunately, will drop your your Hunter's Mark. Shit. Um, you, I'm going to say no, you couldn't have skirted through the difficult terrain, because you didn't know that she was a Polearm Master. That's the sort of thing that... So when I set up this whole sort of arc of the campaign... There were lots of things you could have read about, you could have done investigations and stuff and watching people and uh, perception checks and things. Uh, if you had put effort into watching the guards, you could have learned that she was a polearm master and you could have learned from that that she that, that she can take attacks of opportunity um, a lot faster than other people and stuff like that. So, so there are things about how she fights that you could have learned before this fight. Uh, but you didn't. You did other things instead, which is fine because it means that you did whatever you did. Uh, you, you found um, uh, extra ingredients for the potion makers, which has come into play, uh, just not in a way that you've realized yet. So you, so you didn't waste your time. You just did other things instead. But it does mean that you didn't, you weren't uh, you weren't aware of certain details about how she fights, and so you wouldn't have known to to skirt out of her range. Uh, so you took the uh, the damage. I'm going to give her nine hit points back. She's still looking wounded, but she's uh, not quite as bad as we thought. You, she struck you really badly across the hip. You turned around and then fired two arrows at her. It hit her. Uh, so both of you are looking wounded, but Charlie is not. Charlie is doing okay. He used hold person, and unfortunately it failed. Then it's her turn, isn't it? So what's she gonna do? You're looking wounded, so if she if she can take you down, 
she can then focus on Charlie. Yeah, it's always smarter, is she smart? And she does have a second use of her breath weapon. But she's smart enough to know that you won't die to her breath weapon. Um, you're real good. You're real good with a bow and arrow. Does she, does she run with the arrows so that you can't fire at her? She knows you've got one more arrow. Is that enough to kill her? In the moment. She got struck, she got struck. She's gonna, she's gonna, does she go for Charlie? It wouldn't have changed Charlie's turn, no. Charlie, Charlie knows that taking her down is more important than healing you right now. Because if he can take her down, if he could have held, hold personed on her, then it doesn't matter that you took some, took a hit. Because you can finish her off and then he can heal you. Um, yeah, it's right on the, it's right on the verge. There's kind of both, it's, there's smart things to do in both directions. So I'm going to just roll for it. Odds, she goes for you. Evens, she goes, odds, she goes for you. Um, so she thinks about, uh, running over and attacking Charlie instead. It's not, it's, it's a bit of a distance. And, and she knows that he, uh, he made his save against her uh, poison breath anyway before, so... She's going to instead uh, go to you. She moves to within 10 feet, actually. Free action. Uh, free action, she reaches up and just <laughs> snaps the um, the arrow that's stuck into the tree behind her. Uh, and then she, uh, that's a, a object interact. And then she steps forwards and attacks you with her pike. Uh, 14 plus five is a 19 to hit, so that's gonna hit. Uh, that's a minimum though. That's four points on the uh, four points of damage. Takes you down to eleven. And then the second pike. Ugh, that's going to miss with an eight total. Uh, and then she gets an offhand attack. She strikes through once and cuts across the the uh, the the, the um, sort of hip area of you. And then she she pulls back and strikes again. But it's she, her movements are getting a little slow. You can tell that she's in a lot of pain. Uh, so she misses you with that, and then her offhand attack comes in, and uh, that one will hit with a 15 just. Uh, so 15 is... and then maxed that one, so 7. So 7 from 11 takes you to 4 hit points. Holy cow. Apis is down to 4 hit points. She goes, strike once, strike twice, offhand attack. She's trying her best. Robert's dark, she can't see properly. Uh, having um, the... Uh, it's dim light here, not darkness. It's not pitch black, so she can still see. She just has disadvantage on perception checks. Uh, in... in, um, in uh, Yes, so she was stumbling around because she has disadvantage on perception checks. In 5th edition D&D, I don't know if it was different in earlier editions, there is no disadvantage on attacking when you're attacking in dim light. You can still attack fine. Um, especially in melee, obviously she's not having to. She's like up against you, so she's she's in dim light. She's got disadvantage to notice details around her, notice the ambush and shit, but she doesn't have any disadvantage on attacks. If it was darkness, like inside the dome where the other two dragonborn were fighting, then yes, she would have disadvantage because she'd have the effect of blinded. She'd have the blinded condition. But out here in the moonlight, starlights and stuff, it is nighttime, but it is um, it is dim light. Um, all right, strikes twice, strikes thrice. That is her entire turn though. Uh, Apis, who's it gonna be? Sparrow, fly away. Sparrow, kill her. Get the finishing blow, you got this. 
She's she's looking wounded. You know she has at least nine hit points. You can do this. You've got uh, you don't have hunter's mark on her, but you do have one arrow. You've got planar warrior that you can do. Uh, you've got two attacks, so you could attack with the planar warrior arrow, and then you could attack with a plane with um, with your fist, just run in and punch her, do unarmed strikes, or you could do a grapple with your second attack. Whatever you want. Oh, and she um, she stepped forward, uh, struck you with her pike, and then she stepped back behind the cover of this tree to get away from uh, what's his chops. Let's try and put some cover between her and her and uh, whatever. All right, you got this sparrow. She's wounded. Finish her. Finish her. And besides, Spur, if you don't finish her, you've got you've got Charlie's turn bef between you and um, between you and her turn. So hopefully, he'll be able to finish what you don't. You don't get an attack of opportunity because she didn't leave your melee range. With her having a reach weapon, she never entered your melee range in the first place. She got to ten feet away. She can reach you. You can't reach her. And then she steps away, and you don't get an attack of opportunity because she was never in your melee range to begin with. Alright, Planar Warrior bonus action, Sparrow. You are bleeding out, you are feeling the you are feeling the fear, feeling the adrenaline, feeling the fight for your life, literally uh, to the point where you might die if you if you're if you don't play your cards right. As such, this adrenaline, this uh, this this tingling nature down your body, this pins and needles that you often feel when you're in, in danger are feeling like raw emotions. It's very easy to tap into. <laughs> You don't even have to think about it. You bring up the you bring up the bow. You you knock your last of three arrows and you point it to her as she steps back towards the tree. You take good good careful aim and the arrow strikes forwards. Let's roll and see what it hits. You've got a plus eight. I will tell you her arm class is fifteen. With your plus one to attack on your arrows, you've got a plus nine. So she's got an armor class of uh, of, of fifteen. You need a uh, you need a six or more to hit. So there is a seventy five percent chance of striking. Seventy five percent. Here we go. I'm not, you, you see, I'm not touching. I'm gonna grab my camera here real quick. been using these dice can you see what it is it was this one I don't know if it's focused can you see that there's an ampersand on top you know what the ampersand means it's a critical hit motherfuckers <laughs> it's a critical hit <laughs> net 20 <laughs> If ever, if ever there was one needed, eh? So as this arrow, the last arrow that you've been given, strikes through in the air. As it passes the bow, it shifts into the ethereal plane. It strikes forward. She, You see the terror in her eyes, just like as she sees that the arrow seems to disappear. She doesn't see where it's gone. It disappears. And then it reappears right as it's entered through the ethereal part. The, so the arrow, arrow enters the ethereal plane. As the ethereal uh, as the ethereal arrow passes into the same location as the uh, the, the material plane version of her head, it then re reappears in the material plane, displacing parts of her her head and skull and brain, as it cracks right through her her uh, eye socket and out the back into the tree, 
it seems to stick and and rail her head to the tree <laughs> and she slumps down immediately the pike drops to the ground and she just hangs loose off of this arrow and Enola is <laughs> no more with a, with a plainer warrior and a crit it is uh, not in, not uh, necessary to um uh, to even roll the damage on that uh, she had uh, about 10, 10 hit points left. You literally got her down to one hit point before. So, you 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 walk over to her. Um, let's see. That act did not uh, cause a lot of noise, but it did cause some noise. Okay, and then the the striking out before the attacks from before. You're doing well so far. You're lucky. How much, how much attention would that attack have drawn before? Cool. All right, you are... Uh, well, not that you know it, but you, uh, you, you... I suppose you kind of know it. You know that you've been fighting rather quietly. Uh, so you walk over to her. Um, you see that the arrow fletching that has exploded her head is kind of kind of fucked. Like, it's inside of her skull and, uh, and, and the fletching is going to definitely need some work before you can, uh, before you can fire it well again. Uh, this is definitely no longer a um, a plus one uh, arrow, but you, you you sort of pull her off of the arrow and and slump her down to the ground. Then you uh, you step over and try and pick up the uh, the two arrows. One one sort of embedded in her in her hip, and the other embedded in uh, in the tree. I'm gonna have you roll. Um, it's gonna be a strength based sleight of hand check. Uh, to see if you can carefully manipulate these arrows to come out of what they're respectively stuck into without breaking them. Uh, Strength-based sleight of hand check. You are not proficient in sleight of hand, I don't believe. Let's head back to the main page now that we're out of combat. Uh, no, you are not proficient in sleight of hand, so it's just a plus one to this roll. And you got a nat one. So the one in the tree that was already kind of shredded from sticking through her skull and uh, viscera, you, you try and bring it out and the arrowhead just stays deep within the tree and you snap off the shaft. Uh, so unfortunately, that's not working. But the one in her hip is a slightly higher, uh, slightly lower DC. Still not a good good enough though, you got an eight total. Actually, forest bonus, because this one's stuck into, yeah, this one you, you'd probably be okay with. An eight is probably just just sufficient. You you pull the arrow out of her and and uh, it breaks away some more viscera and guts. But you've got one of your arrows back. You've got two arrow shafts uh, and one arrow, uh, one one working arrow. What do you want, what do you guys want to do now? You're out of you're out of combat. Can we ask Charlie if he can make plants and stuff grow through her and in the holes? So it looks like he killed her single-handedly. That's a very good idea. Very clever indeed, Batmurp. You um you get you get uh, Charlie over. And you tell him, Shh, and and he's all excited. Like, is she dead? Is she finally. And he like sets a um uh, sets a final um uh, thorn whip kind of cantrip on her to just kind of like make sure that she's actually dead. The thorn whip wraps around her throat, and he pulls, and the the thorns tighten into her throat. There's no reaction from her. And when he pulls with the thorn whip, it kind of like pulls her up and and tips her onto her side, and that's when it reveals like the fact that her head's kind of exploded. And he goes, Oh yeah, she's dead. He, uh, we, we then say to him, uh, "Listen, I'm going to take what we've. Uh, I'm going to take what she's got on her. Um, but 
then you need to make it look like you've killed her uh, single-handedly. I can't, I can't be involved in her death. And, uh, and, sh- and, absolutely yes. Um, uh, good idea. And you take off her bag. She had a satchel bag on her uh, with uh, arrows in it, and uh, that's the one- ones she grabbed for you. Uh, she takes off. Yeah, you, you, you take her satchel bag, and um, as you look into it, you can see that there are uh, two other masks in there that are made from. Um, uh, half dragon creatures, uh, skull masks, that are the front half of a dragon, uh, a half dragon creature. Um, in terms of your arrows, let's have a little number of them. How many did you have when you were when you were captured? It was twenty one, I believe. Was that right? Somewhere around that number. And now you've just broken two of them, but twenty one. You probably have about nineteen of them, I think. Was it 20? We'll say 18. We can always retcon it later. Uh, because you have picked up the uh, the bundle of arrows that was in her pers- in her um, her pouch on her person, uh, you've you've managed to retrieve a bunch of your arrows. You then pick up the pike um, and sort of throw it to the side to make sure you're uh, that that's something you're going to remember to to take as well. Uh, you've got her pike, you've got your arrows back, you've got a couple of dragon skulls, and you've got a bag. Um, you then see Charlie is starting to do some um, some various different uh, uh, um, plant-based cantrips uh, to, to, to try and sort of decompose her body so, uh, sooner. And um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the thorn whips are coming up, up and around her and causing huge damage to her, her head. Um, all sorts of stuff. We need to watch out if Lucy Freak sees us with more than three arrows. We have a problem. Ah, that's a good point. That is a good point, Pockfin. Um, uh, so Apis gets the uh, Enola's bag and the arrows, but then uh, one of the synapses fires to remind you that if you are seen with Enola's bag and arrows, this could be a problem for you. So what do you guys want to do as a, as a collective here? Um, do you want to just take three arrows and hide the rest somewhere that you can access them, or what? You can take her bag and hide it somewhere. Do you want to try and take her body out of the undead area for Lucifreak and leave the stuff in her bag on her as we drag her body back to Lucifreak? Could do, yeah. Let's talk to Charlie about what the rest of his plan is. Good idea. So you um, you take a moment to sort of catch your breath. You are heavily wounded. Uh, once Charlie's finished doing his thing, like making it look like he's the one killed her, he's put lots of like scratches over her face. He's trying trying his best to disguise the fact that she was killed with an arrow through the face. Uh, which of course he does not have, so um, he's he's trying to make it look like there's just like a lot of lot more wounds around the face, so that it's harder for Lucifreak to tell that she was killed with an arrow. Um, and then once he's done, he kind of looks up and sees that you're still heavily bleeding from all of your wounds from the sides and stuff, and he's going to use his uh, last third level spell slot on a cure wounds. One, two, three of those. Oh, nice! He got two eights and a six, so that's 22 plus his wisdom of three. 25 hit points. Holy shit, Charlie. Nice to keep you around. Uh, 20, what did I say? 22, 25. 25 hit points, and you're on four, so you're on 29 hit points now. I'll make a note here. 29 hit points. Uh, and your maximum is 56, so you're no longer looking wounded. He walks over to you, and uh, and as he walks, he, he reaches down, grabs some dirt from the ground, and he starts to um, he starts to sort of 
spread it between his hands as if he's kind of like a surgeon uh, washing up for a uh, for surgery, uh, and he gets his hands all mucky and dirty. And then you see all of the all of the different particles of dirt on his hands seems to like glow. And he walks forwards and uh, just grabs you by the hip, and all of that wound that's uh, that's on uh, that was from that critical pike uh, attack uh, seems to. There's a bit of pain involved, but you can see that it's a it's a it's a good sort of pain, like like a deep massage. Um, as the the muscles are starting to knit back together, all of the blood vessels are fixing themselves, um, and your and your skin is uh, eventually knitted back together as well. You're still obviously. Exhausted from the fight, meaning that you've lost. You're not at full hit points. You've still lost some, lost some of your um, your stamina, as it were. Uh, but you're not physically wounded anymore. He's healed you. You've disguised the fact that you killed her. Now back to the question of what to do about the body and the arrows and the and the bag. What do you guys think? I think it's best to head back to the dome rather than leave with Charlie, so we can see what happened and also be an insight agent. Oh, yeah, we're going to ask Charlie about things. That's right. Um, you you take a moment to get a breather and uh, and ask Charlie what was the um, what was the rest of the plan? What was the? Can you fill me in? What's happening? And he says, "There's um, as far as so the plan as I'd had it was that I was going to lure Inolon and Pakrish out onto this um, onto this hunt, and then I was going to attack them one at a time. I was going to try and pick them off." Meanwhile, Zakar, who was usually the one left behind on these hunts, uh, was going to be attacked by the others. I am hopeful that they've managed to be successful. Uh, I, I was not anticipating them leaving behind Pakrish and Zakar. I know that many of the uh, many of the captives were reluctant to attack, even when it was only Zakar. So for them to attack Pakrish and Zakar is, is, is quite an ask for them. However, they know that I will be attacking one of them, so I hope that that's enough to to persuade them. The plan is the 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 plan is underway. That there are there are everyone had something to offer. I I I feel like. I feel like they will still attack if one of them if one of them starts. The rest will feel they are accomplished uh, they, they they are um uh, uh they're accomplices to the to the effect anyway and 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 will pro probably feel compelled to uh, to at least fight for the winning side uh, i can only hope i know that there are uh, we we should probably get back to the dome uh, when possible do you do you know where the dragon is and you say, I, um, he, he told us to follow you into the, uh, the dead part of the forest and he was going to go around to the other side to see if we could drive you through, sort of smoke you out, um, drive you all the way through to the other side and he was going to get you then. Right, well that might save us some time if he's on the other side of this uh, undead area. Uh, speaking of which, you said there were undead around and we should be careful. And you say, yes, I, I don't see any right now, but um, I think we managed to kill her quickly enough that she won't be... Seen. I, I, I don't know if we should just leave her here or whether we should take her and show her that you've you've killed her or something. I, show exclusively that you've killed her. I, I don't know. Do we have our own bag as well? Uh, we have our own bag full of all of this crap. We can put our arrows into our bag and hope that we don't get searched. We do an insight check on Charlie. 
19. 19 plus your insight of 2. That's a 21. Uh, there is nothing sus about the way that Charlie's acting. He is acting as a man who is who's going he's under a lot of stress and duress and uh, and adrenaline pumping at the moment he's he's just coming down from the high of having uh taken out one of his biggest threats uh, but he's also aware that you guys are far from out of the forest uh, out of the woods yet um he is acting intelligently um he's not the most book smart but he's very wise and so he's he's trying to think fast uh, and and improvise on the fly as to um, his plan was not to have uh, you and Enola both out here and two two guards back at the uh, the um, at the village. He was thinking he was thinking that you would have been left back at the village to help kill um, Zakar, and Pakrish would be out here for him to kill. So he's having to improvise. Uh, he's he's under a lot of um, duress, but he doesn't seem to be acting suspiciously. I don't think this freak's going to be in the state of mind to search us after he gets back and sees his henchman dead. Let's just take the arrows. All right, so uh, thumbs up in the chat. There's an emote for thumbs up. Even if you're not subscribed to the channel, you can get them as a follower. You can just hit the uh, follow and get access to the thumbs up. So thumbs up in the chat if you want to take all of the arrows and just keep them in your bag and hope you're not searched. Uh, thumbs down if you just want to take three of the arrows and do something else with the others. So it's mostly saying yes, but there are a new, uh, enough dissenting voices that I will put it to a poll. Take all the arrows, yes or no. If we get, like, there's a lot of shit going down, and if Lucifreak has any reason to believe that you were involved, he might check your person, he might, he might, um, he might uh, search you. If he does, then he finds out you've definitely been involved. But obviously, if he's got other shit on his mind that he doesn't think to um, search you. All right, 73% of Apis decides, yes, you're going to take all of the arrows. So you have uh, the, the rest of the bundle that she had in, in her uh, pouch, uh, in, in your pouch now. You've, you've put it inside your bag so that uh, they're only visible if you get searched. You have 18 arrows on you. Um, now the question is what to do with her body. Are you going to leave it here so that Lucifreak never knows what happened to her? Because he's unlikely to come into this part of the dead dead forest. Um, or uh, or do you do you drag her along and and pretend like Charlie fought? Like what's the what's the idea? What's your plan? Does she have anything else on her? She had her pike. She had her bag. That's it. She has her armor as well, but it's uh, it's not designed for you. You wouldn't be able to wear it. Does Charlie have gentle repose? <laughs> he does not. Let Charlie take the bag and the pike. Leave her body to be turned by the necromancer. Does anybody have uh, speak with dead? Not that you're aware of. I don't want her to leave her for the necromancer. I hope she won't come back like undead if we leave her here. Can we teleport her into the Feywild or play jump? Uh, not yet. We're not that powerful yet. Psyche. We could take. We could drag her body to the um, plane of air. The tel the um, the portal that we know. Uh, is not exactly close by, it's a few miles away. But you could drag her through the forest and throw her into the plane of air. It's not the wisest decision, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an option. You've searched the bag, Milzy. All she had in it was two um, skulls, two dragonborn, uh, two dragon uh, skulls, half dragon skulls, from like what seems to be a rat and some kind of um, rodent-y looking thing that is not a rat. Maybe like a giant squirrel or something. Uh, and then your arrows. That's all she had in the bag. We could burn her body. 
Lots of options. Leave her here, drag her back, burn her. What are the other options? Can we set fire to this part of the forest to burn her body and distract Lucifreak? That is a good point as well. We could do that. Hmm. All right. We can make a lot of noise and then run. That's a good point as well. The um, the undead would be drawn to this area and Lucifreak would probably be drawn here as well if uh, if he's watching or listening or aware of any movement and things. I'm trying to get, like, up to five options from you so that I can put it into a poll as to what to do. Burn it. Leave it here. Attract undead. Leave it here and attract undead. I'll just leave it here. Um, uh, two options. And then uh, take it. Uh, take it to the dome. Or drag it into the forest. There you go. Look, with 41% saying burn it, 41% saying attract undead. I'm going to put it down to a, uh, a second poll between those two just to see if the leave it here people uh, want to vote one way or the other. 72% of the vote this time saying burn her. So Apis decides there's lots of, ah, oh, do we take her back to the oh, do we Do we leave, no leave it here, attract noise? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, and then you decide, Charlie, can you burn her? And Charlie says, um, I can, yes. I think you should burn her. Okay. Uh, it will hide the damage done to her. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's for the... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a plan. I'm, I'm forced to improvise here. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I will say that you ambushed us. You got the drop on us. Then you set fire to her. And I was forced to flee to escape to, with my life. Um, I am pretty knackered. So it'll be believable, I think. Um... And it'll be more believable if this part of the forest is on fire. He instantly kind of balks at the idea of setting a forest on fire, given that he's a druid. But he thinks about it and thinks about the life around him being, uh, well, the semblance of life around him being the unnatural undead. So he knows that no animals will die in the forest fire. He'll lose a lot of plants. But plants often die in forest fires. It's a natural sort of cycle of life, burning them off, controlled. It takes a little convincing, but he thinks it's for the best uh, in, the, in the moment. So he grabs her body and he pulls it up against the tree. And then he turns his hand over and as he does so, it turns, it sort of like, it, it becomes like this glowing red heat to his palm and you can see the, the air around it starting to wave with the heat until just spontaneously with the heat he conjures fire in his hand and he throws it towards her it hits her in the body and immediately starts to catch against her um, her organic uh, scale mail that seemed to be dragon, dragon hide scale it starts to smolder and, and burn at that it's not like flammable per se it's a it's a it's a um, an organic material so it takes a couple of him doing this uh, hits her in the in the chest hits her in the lower body uh, and then he hits one uh, at, the, at the ground beside her and that catches very quickly on the um, the the, uh, the leaves and things there first time we'd committed murder like premeditated we're not used to what to do to hide a body <laughs> That's a good point yeah is this the first no, this isn't the first time you've committed 
m- uh, murder. I suppose, like premeditated murder. Yeah, because you, you. I was thinking you um, you killed Thunderbolt, uh, who was the one of the bandits that was working for the Manticore. Uh, he was a humanoid. I think he was the first human that Apis has ever killed. Before long, the fire starts to catch, and you realize that this is this is going to be enough. Uh, he leaves her sitting at the base of this flaming tree. And uh, and what's your plan from here? Are you you and Charlie going your separate ways now? Are you going to sort of thank him for his help and then just hope that he escapes and you go back to the dome? Or uh, you don't have four HP. You have twenty twenty nine HP. He cast a third level cure wounds on you. We say, um, so what's your plan now? And he says, I, I could leave. I could, I could survive on my own, but I don't feel comfortable running when there's others that need help. I'm getting a little, um, I'm getting a little tired. Uh, I could, I could do to rest. Uh, not here, obviously. We need to move uh, because this fire will attract creatures very quickly. <coughs> there's the snapping and crackling of wood heating and then <coughs> breaking. Uh, it's definitely starting to make noise and light, obviously. It's very, very soon will attract the attention of the undead. So you do need to be leaving in the immediate, uh, in, in the immediate, and then come up with a plan after that. Fake prisoner ploy, also an option. Yeah, you could say that Charlie killed her, but you managed to escape. Uh, you managed to uh, overcome him, take him out. Does Charlie need a rest to regain his wild shapes? You say, how t- as you as you walk and talk, you you move through the forest. Um, you walk and talk and you ask him, like, how you spent? Are you, are you, are you doing okay? You need to rest, and he says, "I I could do to rest, but I'm, I feel like I've got a little fight in me. Um, I could I could I can still shift, I believe. He's got one more wild shape before he needs to rest again. All right, so um, back to just give me a give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Back to the dome, yes or no? As yourself, just just with just just talking about Apis at the moment, regardless of whether Charlie comes with us, is Apis going back to the dome? Yes or no? Yes, 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 yes. Most people saying yes. I think Apis is going back to the dome. The next question will be: Is uh, is Charlie coming with us back to the dome, either directly with us or following us behind or anything? This includes prisoner ploys. This includes like you know pretending. This includes him wild shaping. Is he? Do does Apis want him to come? Obviously, Charlie's his own man and can do what he, can do what he wants. But does Apis suggest that Charlie comes back with them? Mm, interesting. Kind of split on this one. Let me um, let me put this one to a poll because we're kind of it's not a consensus. Yes, Apis suggests Charlie comes as a prisoner in inverted commas. Uh, yes, Apis suggests that Charlie wild ships into something small like a bug, and comes with. Yes. Apis suggests that Charlie should follow behind, like come back to the the, the dome, but um, far enough back that I can have plausible deniability that you are there. Or no, Apis doesn't suggest that Charlie comes at all. So with um, 64% of the vote, Apis decides not to suggest that Charlie comes back to the dome. So Charlie... Uh, is walking and talking with you, needs a bit of a sit down, needs a bit of a rest, is quite clearly um, worried about whether or not the plan at the dome has gone ahead. Do you tell him, do you, do you tell Charlie that you, um, that you asked some divination dice and the, and the dice said that it's fine? Um, you have no power here. We did tell him already, I can't remember. We already told him? Okay, thank you, Wraith. Um, Okay, so he knows, uh, he's, he's like, okay, um, in, in that case, his concern is not whether or not it went ahead, it's whether or not your dice are telling the truth. 
Um, he's not familiar with divination. He, it's very much not a uh, not in the wheelhouse of his his particular area of study as a druid. Um, and he uh, he's he's not familiar with art, artifacts and items like that. Um, and so he he's he's concerned on on the verification of whether or not it's going ahead. He's also concerned that you're all you're both very knackered now. Everything's spent. Um, I think I, I I think I'm safer. Um, I should I I should come back. I we can't take him on our own. Even if the Dragonborns are dead, me being there is is uh, there's just too much. I, f I feel like if I come back to the dome with you, it's too risky. Um, I would be putting people at risk for my presence uh, more so than I'd be able to offer right now. I'm t I'm I'm spent until I've until I've rested. I, I I'm too exhausted. I I don't have any of my uh, I I I can't access my po most powerful spells. I, I'm just spent. Um, I think if I, I I think I'd be better finding the um, finding the the reinforcements and getting them this way. Can you manage on your own? He says to you, and you say, uh, "Yeah, I uh, I can I can I can manage till um, till sun up. I'm sure. Just get them here as soon as possible." He says, "I I will," and he gives you one of these, and then. Uh, heads off into the forest and now that you're getting closer to where the um, the animals are going to be starting to live again you can hear the crackling of wood and the <coughs> of a f f uh, flaming tree losing its in structural integrity and falling <coughs> it makes a lot of noise and you can hear that there are stirring uh, animals uh, undead animals in the area that are coming your way there's also a couple of birds <coughs> take off from the tree maybe a few hundred yards away so it's good sign that there's um that he's starting to get towards the sign of birds he um he uh shifts in his body down what's he got how long does back skin last i wonder if he's still got that it's not important but for the sake of my um for the sake of my my description does he does he have back skin already or not um it lasts for one hour concentration it's a second level spell. He's got a second level spell left. He, uh, he uses his second level spell before he shifts vocal somatic and material, a handful of oak bark. Um, he grabs some of the... In fact, he's, he's snapped off some uh, mistletoe twigs or something. He's got druidic focus by now. Uh, he uses his... Um, let's see. Yeah, he gives you he gives you one of these and says, uh, good luck to you, I'll be back as soon as I can. Uh, and then he runs his hand down a tree... Uh, down the back of a, a nearby tree and as he does it kind of like seems to curl up behind behind his hand and follow it down the tree and the back seems to uh, um, blend into his skin all the way down his, his forearm and up into his neck he's got like these almost uh, it's almost draconic like in this this scaly kind of nature but it's this, this brown back like uh, texture to his skin and right after he does this he um his his body shifts forward, his neck and spine elongate, and his his legs go a lot longer. And before long, there is a Charlie horse standing in front of you, uh, with this same sort of bark-like texture all over its body. And then <coughs> he sets off in a gallop in the direction of Fondog. And Charlie leaves you alone in the forest. Um, 
heading off at great speed. You are a little while from the dome and there are undead creatures coming your way. I will have you... Well, you, you guys need to tell me actually what, how, you're, how you're going about getting back to the dome without being encountered by undead creatures on the way. Are you doing so at speed, like you're just running, you're sprinting, in which case it's an athletics check? Are you doing so quietly and trying to maneuver your way around, in which case it's a stealth check? Are you uh, are you trying to I don't know climb a tree and wait for them to pass? Are you, like what what are you doing to get back to the dome without encountering undead on your way? All right, uh, we will put this to a poll because uh, we're kind of tied between stealth and um, stealth and running. Um, what time in game is it right now? It is late. It is probably like. 10 or 11 p.m. I'd say probably like 11 I can't remember exactly um, but somewhere around 11 p.m. give or take will the way to the dome lead us past Lucifer? no so think about it as let me put it in perspective for you because you guys went west so you can think dome is here you went west north-ish west uh, you went north-ish west uh, undead forest started about here you went into the undead forest and fought with uh, Enola here and before going into the undead forest Lucifreak flew up and over and went onto the other side of the undead forest to wait for Charlie to he was running away from the dome and he was and, Ch and Lucifreak was thinking if he manages to make it all the way through the undead forest without getting killed he's going to come out over here and so Lucifreak went over there to uh, to cut him off at the pass as it were so you've fought Enola and you're coming back towards the dome now. And Lucifreak is over here, hopefully. Unless he told you he was going to the other side and then polymorphed and watched or whatever. But, you know, he's not a tricky dragon that would do something like that. So how are we going to avoid them? The options are run, stealth, hide, listen and watch or fight. 73% of you vote to use your stealth to try and avoid, uh, avoid the undead on the way. So, I'm going to roll perception checks for the undead then. And then I'm going to roll a stealth check for you. Stealth, you are in a forest and you are using your forest, you're using the forest to um, your, <laughs> stop metagaming for us. <laughs> I'm just reminding people who have not necessarily been here for the previous times what Apis knows. It's not metagaming because it's I'm specifically telling you the things that Apis knows. It's very much in-gaming. Apis is in a forest and using it to their advantage, meaning that they get the forest bonus in, in my games. Um, dexterity is a plus three. Your skill, you are proficient in it, so you get another plus three. Then you get your forest bonus of plus three, I'm pretty sure. You get forest bonuses, uh, you get to do double your proficiency with rolls related to it. So you've got a plus nine to this roll. Plus nine on your stealth check, let's have a look. 14, 14 plus nine is 23. I rolled four different perception checks uh, for the undead creatures that are coming your way. Three of them were a four or less. <laughs> and the last one was a 14. 14 is not 23, so uh, you managed to avoid all of the undead that pass you. Stealthing your way through the forest, slowly moving your way. You're, you're, because you're proficient in, uh, in forest terrain, you are a, a ranger that has spent most of your life uh, living in the, in the forest and hunting things, sneaking up on things. 
you're proficient in using the forest to hide your uh, to hide your path, uh, hide your transit through it. Um, you are familiar with which twigs will probably bend out of your way and which ones will break, which which uh, which uh, leaves and flax will make loud crackly sort of rustling noises when you brush past them, and which ones will kind of just move out of your way. Um, and so you manage to avoid certain noisy areas of the forest. You do see uh, an undead creature at one point, uh, undead fox it seems like, sort of moves moves in the direction of the forest fire but the loud crackling behind you is a lot louder than your, um, your, your footsteps so you hide for a second as it passes and then continue on your, on your journey. It doesn't take very long for you to make it back to the, um, the living part of the forest. You are aware, as Apis, you are very very much aware from your time spent uh, out foraging now around the, uh, the around the dome. You are very much aware of the fact that you, uh, at this point onwards, will be watched. You are whenever you're in 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 sight of um, birds, insects, bugs, um, uh, rodents, anything basically. You will be watched. So if you are going to be doing any sort of deception as to running away from Charlie. It needs to be done now, otherwise the uh, the bugs and and insects and and I keep saying bugs and insects, um, they will all be able to tell um, Luciferic of uh, of your actual um, behaviour out in the forest. So, what does Apis want to do now that you are now that you are, are back at the um, the living part of the forest? Sprint now, run like the wind, pretend like you're pretend like you're paranoid about Charlie coming for you. Is that the idea? Just keel over and wait. Show us the meaning of haste. Is that what we're doing? Haste, running. How is the fire spreading? It's you've moved faster than the fire. It seems like it isn't taking. It's not so that when I refer to the dead forest, the dead part of the forest, I'm talking about the animals there. The plants were still very much living. The plants are all alive and and green, and so the forest fire hasn't taken very quickly. It's not a dry brush. It is springtime, so it's relatively wet. Everything's green. Everything's um, got a lot of moisture in it, so it's taking a while for the forest to, the fire to actually dry out the surrounding plants and and spread. All right. Well, I'm not seeing any um, any any kickback on the running idea. So Apis is going to run, and as Apis sets off running, I will have a uh, an athletics check from you to see how quickly you can make your way back to the dome. Uh, 11 plus your athletics of, uh, let's say, I think it's a four. Um, so plenty fast enough. Plenty fast enough. You leg it through the forest. <laughs> and as you're running, you're kind of looking over your shoulder. I want to see how good a performance you're going to do. This is a performance check. You are you are putting on the show that you are um, that you are running away from Charlie. I'm running away from... Hey, not 20. Uh, now 20 plus 1. 21, you are performing like you've never performed before. Apis is doing the most convincing performance of their life. <laughs> As you're sort of looking back over your shoulder, you're, you're, you're trying to make sure that you're going in the right direction. You stop and catch your breath, look over your shoulder, <laughs> carry on again. Um, and you get, you, you, before too long, um, maybe, I can't remember, maybe like an hour or so uh, running, maybe like half an hour, I can't remember. Uh, you get back to the dome, you get back to the edge where the uh, the fire break of the dome was, and uh, and you burst through, actually. You're coming from the west, aren't you? Yeah. You burst through the, um, wait, never eat shredded wheat. It's, you are coming from this direction, okay. Let me, percentage chance that you're coming in from this direction. You are. Oh, interesting, okay. 
So this time of night, early hours of the morning. Yeah, you, uh, you, you. Before you come to the the dome and the fight, the um, uh, before you come to the dome, the, the and the fire break around the dome, you first sort of stumble out of uh, a tree line and down a bit of a down a bit of a um a cliff face. You manage to stop yourself before going over the cliff. You grab the uh, you, you grab you grab the the the, the um brush on either side and stop yourself. Um, and looking down uh, this sort of uh, this bit of a divot, it's not like a huge cliff. Maybe you're only like forty feet or so, um, and it's not a sheer face. It's like more like a, a steep hillside. Down the bottom in this uh, in in this this clearing is uh, unmistakably some kind of a farm. You know that you are very close to the dome uh, just from your own ranger abilities and able to um, your outlander background. You're able to keep an, an ear on where everything is. But you look, you're looking down on what looks to be a very small, very small pig farm. Uh, there seems to be only be two pigs there. And uh, and out the back with these pigs, the pigs are eating from a trough at the moment. Um, I'll have you make a nature check. Oh, 18. Good. 18 plus your nature. You're not proficient in nature. How weird. I suppose nature is more like the studied versions of that. Uh, you, ah, you, have, you have plus three, though. So 21 nature check. Um... You are first just taken aback by the fact that there's a pig farm here near near the dome that you didn't know about, um, and then it occurs to you, uh, sort of in a fleeting moment, that it's weird that the pigs are eating at this time of night, like it's the early hours of the morning and the pigs are awake and eating from a trough. But that thought passes your mind. What do you want to do? Are they eating dragonborn? You can't see from where you are what they're eating. They're just eating from a trough. Can we check to see if they're normal pigs? Uh, four perception is plus five, so nine. With a nine perception check, it seems like they're normal pigs. You don't see any green on them. The dragon can turn into anything. Yeah, as far as we know, it can turn into anything. We know for a fact it can turn into a pig because we've seen a half pig, a half dragon pig. We check to see if there's farmers around somewhere. There is a building. There's a building. Uh, there's a building just next to the pigsty. So it's basically just a single pigsty and a single uh, farmhouse. And even the farmhouse is a one-story shack. Particular smell coming from the trough? As I said, you're kind of 40 foot up a uh, a hillside, so you can't smell anything from here. Just the regular smell of a pigsty. The odds are some of the people who revolted were killed, even if they are ultimately prevailed. Maybe the pigs are eating them. It's possible. Are there any lights on in the shack? Uh, there are not lights on in the shack, no. Lights in the building are out. If we stop to investigate, we're really running. Are we really running scared? That's a good point. We can leave it alone and carry on. Thumbs up in the chat if you just want to ignore this and carry on towards the dome. Thumbs up in the chat if you want to ignore. Thumbs down if you want to stay here and investigate in any way. I'm gonna to have to put this to a poll because it's not a unanimous decision in the chat here. It's a little bit hard to tell uh, what to do. So stay here and investigate, encompassing like check what the pigs check if the pigs are real, check if they're uh, eating dragonborn or people. Or anything else. Um, check if there's light. Uh, check if there's anybody in the shack. Anything to do with staying here? Stay here and investigate. Um, but any. But if you if you want to just keep moving, get to the dome as soon as possible. All right. Fifty four percent of Apis's vote. Uh, Apis's mind decides that they are going to. Uh, they're going to continue past the dome. <sighs> 
think about it, you think this is odd. I didn't know that there was there were pigs this close to the dome. I don't know what this is about. Uh, it's odd that they would be eating at this time of night. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've got to get to the dome. I've got to see. I've got to see what's happened to the um, uh, the, the villagers. The the other captives could be in could be in um, in danger if the if the if the fight didn't go well. So you sort of back up away from the ledge a bit. You find uh, a, a way down on your on the left, and you continue on that way. Um, and then past it, you book it past. It's only another like minute or so of running before you get to the edge of um, uh, the, the the fire break around the dome. And once you get there, you can see that there are um, half dragon creatures, mostly the, uh, the the nocturnal half dragon creatures around. Uh, you do see what sort of nocturnal animals are there? Badgers, foxes, hedgehogs. You see that there's a large for a hedgehog, maybe porcupine sized. Um, uh, and uh, and it does have green scales down its nose, and it's snuffling around in the in the uh, dirt around near the um, the dome as you as you approach. Um, it kind of looks up at you and cocks its head, and then sort of shies away a bit. You um, you walk across the the fire break, and you find the the dome intact. You know that you can't get through this dome without. Um, Lucifreak opening opening it for you, or by pushing your way through and taking some scratching and and thorny damage from pushing your way through the wall. So it's up to you. You can you can sort of force your way through the thorny, scratchy nature of this this um, this hedge and take some damage doing so. But you'll be inside the dome, um, or you can try and get inside somehow. Call out. Do we want to call out? Shout, Lucifreak, Dragonborn, help me. Ask the insects in Draconic and then Sylvan. Feed feed the hedgehog a small portion of rations and rest here, waiting for the uh, waiting for an opening in the dome. All right. So are we going to uh, call out? Are we going to ask the insects to open the door for us? Uh, are we going to feed the hedgehog and rest, or are we going to try and force our way in somehow? Hmm. Interesting. Lots of lots of dis- dissenting uh, ag- uh, options for this. This is this is something I love about. Uh, Twitch Tales. There's all, all, all the different options. Turns it into like a multi-choice choose-your-own-ending book. 45% wanting to talk to the insects. That is not a majority. So what I do is preferential voting. I will drop that down to a, a one-minute poll to uh, to choose between the top two options. Talk to the insects or climb through. All right. With 62% of the vote, Apis decides to try and just find the insects and ask them, hey, can you let me in? Lucifreak, I'm here. So you walk up to the wall and not knowing a way in other than the way that you've been shown. Either Lucifreak can just open them uh, telepathically or he can, or somebody else can open them by getting Lucifreak to do that for him. Uh, so you walk up, you you uh, search for the insects in the wall. I'm going to have you make an investigation check. Um, that is a nine total. You are looking for insects and you're not finding them. Um, there's, uh, you spend a good five minutes looking through for any bugs, aphids, ladybirds, ants, uh, crickets, grasshoppers, anything that's in this wall, you can't find them. Uh, I'm gonna roll again. After five minutes, you keep going with uh, your investigation looking for bugs, you get a 17 this time. This time you spend another five minutes looking and with that investigation check, you are sure you should have found insects by now. You are positive. It is now conspicuous. After 10 minutes of being at this dome looking for bugs in the wall, 
it is conspicuously absent of insects. Over to you, what do you want to do? With that new information, what do you want to do? We're pushing through the wall now. Talk to the hedgehog, push through the wall. Did we take the pike with us? No, we didn't. We didn't want to be caught with that, right? Plus, running through the forest with a reach weapon is not easy. How far are we from the pig farm? Like a minute back that way. All right, it's still, still, still some uh, dissent among you about what to do. Push through the wall, go back to the farm, talk to one of the uh, half dragons, the hedgehog if we can find it, or a green, ra green dragon rat or something. We use our bedroll to push through in an attempt to make the experience less painful. I would allow you to uh, expend your bedroll, like use it up and you wouldn't be able to recover it. So I'd allow you to 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 use your bedroll, use it up, um, to in order to take half damage from the scratching whatever. So if you want resistance to the scratching of the of pushing your way through the wall, then the bedroll will be gone forever, or until you get a new one, or until you mend it or something. All right, preferential voting it is again because we got forty six percent not a majority. So push through or go back to the farm. Nobody's nobody's as interested. Well, fewer of you are interested in talking to the half dragon for information. <laughs> I swear there are so there, there must be so many people trolling in the chat that just wait until the last few seconds and vote for the underdog, because the number of times it comes down to an exact fifty fifty vote. <laughs> 50% of Apis's mind wanting to push through the, the wall and 50% of Apis's mind wanting to go back to the farm. That means, as usual, I don't have my coin out, so I'll have to just use a dice. As usual, we put it down to a dice roll. On an odd number, we are going to push through the wall. On an even number, we're going to go back to the farm. That is a seven. Odd number, we're going to push through the wall. So use the bed roll, yes or no? You can take half damage from pushing through the wall. Um, but you will lose your bedroll, which will make it harder to get a full night's rest. Use the bedroll, yes. 53% of Apis deciding yes, we're going to use the bedroll. <sighs> so you get out your bedroll knowing you're going to push through it, and just like with uh, soldiers going over barbed wire, um, using blankets to get out, out of it, we unroll it, uh, giving more space in our bag for the uh, the arrows that were stuffed in there. You You get out the bedroll and you push it up against the wall and you start to push your way through it pushing and pushing and pushing i'm gonna have you make uh, some strength checks to get through <laughs> natural one so you push into it that's gonna be one of them another strength check <laughs> natural two this is gonna go well so that's another one of them so basically what i'm doing here is i'm rolling you a strength check and that's going to decide whether or not you progress anyway, anywhere through the thing, or whether you take damage and stay where you are. Every time you take damage, I'm adding a d6 to the damage that you're taking. So you currently haven't even made progress into the wall yet. <laughs> no shit! Genuinely! Natural one, natural two, natural three in a row. Oh god, I hope it's a four. 16, okay. Uh, so you make progress into the wall finally after after that much damage. Uh, you take the damage, but you take you get you now five feet into the wall. Uh, natural six, so you take the damage and don't make progress. Uh, this is getting to the point where you're gonna have to start. You, there's a chance you'll want to stop after this after this now. So I'm gonna roll it now. You are five feet into the ten feet wall. Holy shit! I got three sixes and two fives. That's 18, that's 28 points of damage, halved to 14. 14 points of damage and you're halfway into the wall. You have 15 uh, hit points left. Whew. So, <laughs> we're 
We can do it. We can do it. Am I using the green dice? No, I'm using red dice. I'm using uh, I'm using a set from um, can't remember what this is. Some D and D specific dice. Some that were sent for me. All right, you are halfway into the wall. You've got 15 hit points left. You can continue using strength checks to push your way through. Or you can go back. If you go back, you're going to ha- take half damage from the scratching because you've already made like a hole in it. So you you can you can go back for half the damage, quartered because of your bedroll, or you can keep pushing in after this point. I didn't expect to have to make this poll again because uh, it's I've rolled so goddamn low on your strength and so li- high on the damage. Are you keeping pushing, yes or no? You've got five feet more to push. If you roll well on your stealth check, then you make it through the next thing with only 1d6 damage. If you roll poorly, then you could make it through with 2d6 or 3d6 or 4d6 damage. I can't believe it, it took you that. It took you five attempts to make it five feet into the wall. That's crazy. It sells our story more that we arrived messed up because now you're bleeding again. Now you're back to wounded. Yeah. All right. Keep pushing. 73% of Apis wants to just keep pushing. God damn, this is hard. Ow, ow, ow. And you, you are made aware now of why so many people said don't. you can't leave through the wall. You can only leave if you are seriously like strong and hardy and tanky. You've been told numerous times, like, this wall is not to be underestimated. Uh, you can push through, but it will hurt a lot. All right, so you keep pushing. Strength check. 11. 11 plus 1 is 12. 12 is enough. So with one more point, uh, one, more, one more d6. A 1 this time, okay. With a 1 on your strength check, you make it the last 5 feet through, and then you uh, halved and rounded up to 1. You get 1 point of damage further. Uh, so you're down to 14 hit points now. You're on 14 hit points out of a maximum of 56. So you are definitely bleeding, wounded. You are, you're, you've got some scratches and crap all over you and your bedroll is kaput. It is, it is tattered rags. So you are in the, you're in the, in the dome now. Looking around, here's what you see. Pitch blackness, for one thing. All of the, all of the oil lanterns that are usually up on the mezzanine and and kept lit. There is specifically a, a person in this village um, uh, called Thanali who uh, grinds down um, seeds and hemp to make oil so that they can keep the oil lanterns lit. All of the oil lanterns are out. You know that elves have dark vision. You know that dragonborn do not without, um, without uh, their dark vision potions that they've been getting from the alchemists of the village. It is pitch black in here. With your 60-foot dark vision, you do not see... You can kind of see up to the, the mezzanine floors, the base of the mezzanine um, uh, uh, treehouse level, but you can't see anything else. What do we smell? It smells normal. It smells like the usual village. It smells like... There's not, there's not a lingering air of poison in here. You're not smelling blood. You're not smelling cooked food. There's nothing particular about the smell here. The temperature is normal as it has been the last few days in here with the dome being so thick and uh, it keeps out the the wind, it keeps out weather from outside. There's no smell of rain or smell of of, of, uh, wet forest. It doesn't seem hot or cold. There's no movement, actually. Let's see if you can hear things now. Let's make a perception check. Um, perception check. I'll have disadvantage because of the distance. A four and a nine. Four plus your perception is a five, so nine total. 
with the nine total you can hear that there are movement sounds inside there is the odd sound of movement maybe creaking of wood and and you can definitely hear the rope bridges moving people moving out over the the rope bridges so there is a sign of life but whose life you don't know is there an anxious feeling like your skin crawling or being watched or something not right feeling nothing that you wouldn't put down to normal paranoia there's nothing there's no paranormal feeling of being watched or anything actually make a let's make a some kind of a 19 plus whatever it is i feel like arcana maybe 22. in fact classic sim if anything there's a sense of a removal of somebody watching you the time you've spent in the dome you've been hyper aware of the fact that all of the insects around the dome act as spies for lucifreak the guards act as obviously spies for lucifreak as well if anything there's a there's a lack of that feeling knowing now uh that the insects of the wall have, have gone some for some reason. It feels like you're not being watched. Um, are we close to the Dragonborn hut? Uh, you kind of are. It's like you've come in kind of at nine or ten o'clock, um, and the uh, and the dragon hut is uh, the Dragonborn hut is down at like seven o'clock or so. So you're close-ish. You could you could get to it. Um, I'll get to where it was. Does the darkness seem magical? No, the darkness seems normal, like a normal very darkly lit uh, dome that is um, blocking out all moonlight and starlight and not lit by any sources from within. It seems like a normal darkness. You can definitely still see through it with your dark vision out to 60 feet. What do people want to do? Do people want to call out? Do people want to go to, to where the dragon Dragonborn's hut was? Do people want to go to the, the centre of the village where the rope bridge is and, and climb up to the mezzanine? The, the rope ladder, sorry. Um... Do we want to heal heal with one of our health potions? You have two half healing half strength healing potions and one full strength healing potion that you got at some point. Alright, with 53% of the vote wanting to drink the potion, Apis decides that these scratches and ow god this hurts. You've you've got all sorts of cuts and oh there's a real deep one on your neck that stings like a bitch. Ah, that really hurts. So you uh you reach down into your bag and you grab the potions. Which one are we gonna drink? first and then we'll see how much it heals and we can always drink a second if we need it are we going to drink one of the half strength uh, put put a thumb up if you want to drink the full strength put a uh, thumb down if you want to drink a half strength what's our current hit points we're on 14 14 current hit points out of a total of 56 we're at 14 wraith we took one more point as we finished pushing our way through the wall all right most people say in the half strength one so that's uh, clear enough in the emotes that I don't have to put it to a poll. You reach out, you bring out one of the slightly lighter coloured, like a rosé kind of a colour uh, healing potion. Uh, you pop the top off. You can smell the um, the, uh, uh, the, the the vanilla um, just coming through. Um, you hope that... It, it, that um, why do I keep forgetting her name? Toria. You hope that your friend Toria has done a proficient enough job <laughs> that this that she hasn't put anything else in this potion. You dip your finger into it and, and rub it over the, the painful wounds of your neck. Oh, there's a sting, but then it immediately starts to feel warm in a comforting way and starts to heal up a bit. And you're like, okay, this that's a good sign. You chuck it back. And because you have uh, used an action to do it, 
how I do my potions is you can either t use your full action to take it, in which case you just get maximum, or you can use a bonus action to take it, like in the middle of a fight, um, but you get you have to roll for it because there's a chance that some of it's slopping down your chest or whatever. Um, so full action uh, to take it, 1d4 plus 1, max it out, and you get 5 hit points back. You are taken to 19 hit points. Use another question mark. I've never thought about what a health potion would smell and taste like. Maybe Calpol or something. Uh, they taste like vanilla in my world. They're all they're all derived from uh, vanilla essence and such. Um, because of a an in joke with a friend in the first time we were playing D and D, and he was uh, he said um, he was talking about a light healing potion, um, and he said uh, I just take a vanilla one. Um, rather than like to differentiate from be taking like a greater healing potion or a superior healing potion he said i'll just take a vanilla one and then i misunderstood him and thought that it tasted like vanilla and then we laughed about it and i said that's canon now all of my potions taste like all my healing potions taste like vanilla all right so with 69 nice percent of the vote we decide 19 hit points is fine we're not going to use another we're going to hold on to those ones um and uh and and move into the dome to decide what to do now. So back to the uh, original decision of do we go towards the hut or do we call out or do we go towards the um, the, the climb the ladder? Uh, most people said before go to the hut, but I'll just double check now. While, while we're voting on that, you can give me a thumbs up or thumbs down in the chat. Do you want to light a torch? All right. With only one person saying to light a torch, we're not going to bother. And with 57% of Apis deciding to go towards the hut, you do so. You start to move towards the hut, stealthily as you can. That's a 13 plus your stealth, that's quite a lot. Um, and you make your way over to the uh, the hut. It doesn't take long, only like a few, uh, few yards, maybe 10, 12 yards or so, before it starts to emerge on the ed ed very edge of your dark vision. You can start, kind of start to see it. Um, uh, let me double check, yeah. As you, um, as you push closer and closer, uh, you can see it's definitely there. It's definitely still standing. There's no lights on inside. The door is open. The front door of it is open. There's no lights on inside, though. You don't hear any movement. You don't hear any dragonborn. The front door is never usually left open because there's usually a rotating uh, guard of three guards and it unlocks from the inside. So they open it uh, to let somebody else in, and then they change shifts. So there's always one person left in the um, in the hut, usually. But with Anola being out on the hunt, there were only two guards here, and so they obviously had to leave the door open so that they could actually get in and out without locking themselves out of the hut. So you've heard movement earlier, yeah, up in the treetops, across the rope bridges and things, but you've not, you're not hearing any movement coming from the um, the hut. Nobody seems to be here. Or if they are, they're asleep or unconscious or dead. Do you want to go into the hut? Give me a yes or a no in the chat. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Do you want to loot? Do you want to, well, not loot necessarily, but do you want to go inside? Do you want to investigate inside the hut? Go inside. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> All right. A lot of people saying yes. I think it's a majority. I think it's a, I think in fact it's a uh, unanimous decision. All right. So Apis goes inside the hut. This is your first time inside this hut. As you climb up onto the, the porch, the wood creaks beneath you, your feet and you slowly move forwards. Your dark vision allows you to see that inside there are uh, two beds, two um, sort of military Z bed kind of a situation. 
There is a chest of belongings. Um, a chest, like at the end of each of the beds, there is a chest and they are open and empty. Inside there is also a very small sort of kitchenette, a place where one would, um, like a countertop and a, a, a wash basin that can be filled with water and, um, uh, and used to wash. And then in the back corner, there is a, a a room like a like it's basically one big rectangular room but part of the back corner of it like a quarter of the room is taken up by a secondary room um that is completely walled off no no windows and it has a door on it that is locked there is a padlock on the front of this door there is nothing in the chest nothing on the workbench no knives actually there is a knife. There is a there is a sharp uh, knife on the um, on the kitchenette, uh, used f like a kitchen knife. That's all you can see. Bed, two empty chests, and a locked uh, locked door into the into a room at the back, and a, and a knife on the on the. Um... Are we taking the knife? Yes or no? Take the knife. Yes or no? Seems like a bunch of people saying yes. Take that knife. We have a hunting knife. It's a kitchen knife, but it'll use the same stats as a dagger or whatever. All right, so we walk over and we take that knife and flip it around, stick it into our bag um, alongside our um, our uh, arrows, hide it where we can carry it. And yeah, we don't want to open carry it. We want to hide it where we can grab it. Uh, the door, does it open towards us or away from us? The door to the cabin, the one that you've just come through, opens into the cabin, like away from you from the outside, into it towards you now that you're inside. Uh, the door to the um, other room the the sort of storage room where you know that they hide all of your weapons and stuff that opens inwards uh, towards the um towards this the secondary room like away from you so what now guys you are in the dragonborn's hut there is no sign of the dragonborn the hinges would be on the other side uh yes yeah that's right remove the bolts leave the padlock alone yeah you could do there's a, a metal band across the uh, the door that has been padlocked like so if you unscrew or unbolt the um the the entire metal band then you don't need to unlock the padlock. Knock on the door, check the ladders now. You knock lightly on the door, there's no, no sound, no nothing moves from the other side. Can we take the bedroll? They don't have bedrolls, but you can take blankets, you can take a bed bedding from the um, from one of the beds, yeah. All right, there's some people wanting to get into the room, some people wanting to leave, so I will put it to a poll. It may be seen as, if Lucifreak does come back and find that you've broken into the Dragonborn's hut and taken all of the weapons and stuff, then obviously he will, all pretenses are off at that point and he knows what your in, intent is. But with 81% of the vote, Apis decides to leave it for now and go up to the village. So as you, uh, as you sort of look, you, you, you check it out, you look at the padlock, it looks like it's a decent padlock. It's got a little bit of rust on it, um, so it could be broken, but it would take a, a a couple of hefty swings and, and like the right the right um, leverage you'd need like the, a chisel up against it and then whack and you'd be able to pop it I'm sure but it would it would take uh, more than just like a, a swift kick um, the door itself is decent wood it's pretty hardy sturdy wood so you check it out you know that you could break into it but it would take some work and it would um, and uh, and it would make some noise but you leave it for now. You head back towards the um, the entrance to the hut, and uh, the first thing you notice is that there is a light on up in the mezzanine now. There is a um, an oil lantern being lit um, uh, outside of the uh, the main area, the, the the outside of where the um, the food hall was. And then you can see in the light of that, uh, Thalani, uh, Thanali, the um, the one responsible for the lanterns. 
uh, is now making his way along the rope bridge, having just lit that one. He makes his way across to uh, to his um, where the alchemy hut is, uh, and you can see him lighting uh, lighting that lantern there as well. You make your way over the village uh, over the village floor, the, the the grassy terrain. You don't see any sign of Dragonborn in the spilling out light down to the the ground here. You see the two knights of Kavosna, Tauchu and the other one, um, have been have been displayed. Their bodies hanging um, in the centre of village, stuffed onto pikes. They're still there. Um, question. Let me check. Has he finished yet? Uh, investigation check for you. Oh, not twenty. Nat 20 investigation plus three, uh, that's 23 for you. Something about Tauchu um, catches your eye as you pass. You're not sure what it was. Um, the, the, almost like, the, just like something, something seemed off and forces you to double glance. Um, you're not sure what it is. You m move past and then you start to climb the ladder and you think... Actually, I think I know what it was that was off. And you turn around and you see, and you look across, and you see that uh, he has a dark tan kind of—not um, really a dark tan, but he's he's definitely got a somewhat of a tan line um, from about here to here um, that is missing. There is—it's it, a—it's definitely a lighter patch of his skin uh, on his left forearm. Um, and you realize his Knight of Kavosna bracer is missing from his arm. You take that into account, and then you. Uh, you continue on up the ladder, and you can hear uh, movement now up on the top of the ladder. Uh, there are hurried, hurried uh, sounds of footsteps and some um, some hushed voices speaking in Elvish. You get up to the top of the uh, the mezzanine outside of the, um, the the dinner hall, and you see that there is basically a a huddle of the elven captors um, in the in the. Uh, the, the 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 mess hall the eating room um they hear the the footsteps coming up the ladder and coming to the door uh you see um let's see which one would it be let me put, pick someone at random let me grab my details treasure room slaves wouldn't be the foragers or the farmers Thenalize doing his thing uh it's alethi let's say one of the one of the people who is in the sorting hut Alethi comes to the door and uh, sees it's you and says, Oh, hey, Apis, Apis is here, uh, she says in common. Um, there's like a hushed voice. Everybody goes quiet and looks over to you. And there's a few sort of curt nods as you walk in. Um, looking around them, there's not a lot of injury you can see. Everybody looks... Everybody looks frightened stressed and like they're in the midst of an emergency everybody looks like their hearts in their throat and then they're 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 panic they're in the middle of some panic everybody except for a couple of people who are kind of in charge as it were it seems like uh, people that, that that everybody else is sort of huddled around uh, include um Belladel, which is a cook um and uh and tisharu Two male elves um, who have taken taken charge. You ask, uh, is everyone okay? What happened here? And there's a few eyes look to uh, to Belladel. And Belladel says, Charlie's plan was successful. 
everybody kind of there's i'm gonna make an insight check actually. uh yeah 16 plus insight of two with an 18 you can kind of see that there's like a, t- a deliberate like tension Ooh. as they look your way so what do you want to do what do you say in reply we should show them that we know the plan check for lies their fear makes no sense if the plan succeeded it makes perfect sense if they suspect you so you reply i'm on your side charlie still lives Charlie's plan outside was also successful. He's escaped. There's like a a visible, responsive, oh, thank God for that. Um, Charlie's on his way to get help. uh, help. He's safe and Enola is dead. There's like back and forths. Enola's dead. Enola's dead. There's hushed voices between them. Somebody leans down to Belladel and whispers something in Elvish. And he whispers back. The two dragonborn here ran away. I get you make an insight check. Who killed Enola? He says. Uh, tell them both we killed Enola. I'll tell them we both killed Enola. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? Yes or no? We tell them that we killed Enola. Mm, interesting. Kind of, kind of on the fence here. We're gonna have to put a, um, gonna have to put this to a poll. Do we say we killed Enola, as in we Apis killed Enola? Do we say that Charlie killed Enola? Do we say both of us, me and Charlie, killed Enola, or do we say doesn't matter? All right. With fifty-five percent of the vote, Apis decides to tell them both of us killed her. There's a look of relief over. Um, there's a look of relief over over a few of them as the as you say this. You can notice that there's about a dozen or so. Well, actually, probably, because with those guys being outside, how many people are actually inside the dome? The farmers are outside. The foragers are outside. Phenolize lighting the things at the moment. So there's about half a dozen or so in here. Maybe there's Leandra, Alethi, Capona, Larrington, Belladel, Olathea. Alana, Tisharu, and Rathal is actually in here as well. So there's, uh, there's, there's, what was that? Nine, nine, nine of them in here. Um, you do notice it is notable that Rathal is in here as well. Rathal is the, um, the, 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 uh, wood elf, uh, the wood elf woman who is um, ostracized a little bit from, um, from the group. So you say we, we both killed her. There's a, there's a few. Um, uh, size of, of, of relief people people starting to trust you a little more uh, oh yeah sorry the rock gnome um, uh, Nim is also in here and uh, and there's Nim there's Cassandra and there's um, what was the rock gnome called it's in here somewhere Logan Logan the rock gnome uh, Nim the um, the human ma- oh actually Nim is not in here uh, Nim is not in here but Cassandra and Logan are so you say, um, uh, where did they run? You look around their, their hands, you can see that none of them were in the, um, the bracer. Tauchu's bracer is not uh, visible. Where did they run to? There's sort of glances around, and he says, they ran off to, to join the fight. They weren't happy that uh, Lucifreak had abandoned them, and they thought they, were, they, they deserved better. They thought they could prove their worth by taking the kill. 
there's something that he's definitely not saying that you're picking up on. That was an insight check for you. That was a 12 total. There is something that he's not um, that he's not saying that you're trying to pick up on, but his, his face is hard to read. You say, um, where are the bugs? There are no bugs in the walls. None of his spies, none of his people are here. And they, they sort of, there's another glance. And uh, what's their name? Which one is the um, alchemist? Capona, uh, Capona, one of the alchemists. She says, hey, we don't know anything about the bugs being missing. They definitely weren't, they were, they were definitely here earlier. They must have fled as well. Your insight's getting better each time I roll it. That was a 15. That one is definitely pointed. You definitely realize with that 15 insight that she is telling you the story that you need to stick by. She's she's kind of making it a little more obvious than he is on her expression when she says that the, we definitely don't know anything about the bugs missing. What do you want to say? She's she's falling just shy of wink wink nudge nudge. <laughs> Ask them what the next step is. What's um what's the next step of the plan? They all seem to be looking to um, Belladel, and then Tisharu starts to speak, and Belladel stops him. Tisharu says, "The next step is," and Belladel says, shh, shh, shh. "Sit down." He gestures to you, like he gestures over the table to where um, Alana, the sculptor, is sitting. Sit down. And Alana takes the hint and pushes her chair back and stands up and gives you a free chair. Do you sit? Sitting would have you surrounded by all of the elves. You sit down. As you sit down, you say, um, those um, pigs must have had a good meal recently. There's definitely, like, sudden looks around them. Um, and he says, yes, they'll be eating well tonight. But we would know nothing about that, because we can't possibly get out of this dome. How did you get in? I got in the hard way. And look, and you sort of gesture to your hands. And he says, Shit. Did you leave a gap? I pushed my way in, yes. Shit. And one of them says something to him in, um, in Elvish. Uh, which one would it be? Um, it would probably be... Oh, it would be one of the sorters, uh, Leandra. Leandra says, Lethram Batascus Wara. Bithrum Batuska Shlilumadar. Ladath. Hilandro Futeth. Eh, with Wurakthish. And she turns and says, It's fine. Um, it will be obvious that you've pushed your way in and we haven't pushed our way out. It should be clear that your blood is on the. On the uh, it will be clear to, to Lucifreak. He will be able to smell your blood. He will know that it was you that pushed your way in. Look, we're not sure how long it is before he comes back, so we need to let you in on the plan. And uh, Tisharu says, um, the dragonborn are dead. And just as he says that, Belladel says, <coughs> we said that we would not even say it aloud. And Tisharu says, it will take longer to uh, it will take longer to beat around the bush than to just come straight. I trust, I trust Apis. A we have no reason to, to lie. Apis has, has uh, put their hat in the ring here. They've thrown their hat over the wall and committed themselves just like we have. There's no turning back from this. We need to stop pussyfooting around and and uh, and get all, everything out in the open. Belladel looks like he's going to object and then nods his head. And uh, Tisharu takes that as um, acceptance. 
and says, "Listen, we've all we've all uh, committed ourselves. Capona and Larrington have been creating insecticides for weeks now, uh, months, in fact. Um, Capona, uh, <laughs> Capona, um, correct him, months. There's, they've been creating insecticides for months. We." released it onto their walls uh, earlier today. At the same time, we have been uh, we have been reducing the um, dark vision potions. We've been uh, manipulating them. We fed them the wrong dark vision potions today so that they would wear off in the middle of their uh, in the middle of their their shifts. Uh, they did so and uh, we had the advantage because of that. Um, Thanali turned out all of the lamps, so we had the advantage of, of fighting in the dark. I've been providing people with wood carving tools and uh, and, he, and he, bring, he sort of reaches down into his um, cloak behind himself and brings out a chisel um, that looks like a decent um, chisel. No, no, um, it's pretty sharp and, uh, and not got blood over, over it or anything. It says we had uh, makeshift weapons. Um, you say, what happened to Chouchou's bracer? And she says, uh, it, it, um, Cassandra actually speaks up, um, the young the young girl from the Knights of Kovasna. Uh, she says, um, I told I told Nim about uh, its properties and he's uh, tinkering with it, seeing if he can make it work. Um, he, he needs to be attuned to it, but uh, he's working on it at the moment. We're hoping he can get it done before, um, before uh, Lucifer comes back. Um, so where are the bodies? Uh, you ask, and uh, the, everybody turns to um, to, uh, to Sharu, who says, <laughs> "Well, you see, it's, uh, there's not no entries into the dome. Um, I have a way out. I have used my woodcarving skills to uh, create a tunnel through the center of my tree. Uh, it leads to leads to um, leads to an, ent- uh, an, an entrance and exit above the dome canopy." I took the bodies through the uh, through the tree and and threw them down the side of the dome, and then the people on the outside. Um, he speaks about the farmers, uh, and then Enerun was waiting on the outside. He took the bodies and fed them to his pigs. So why why no blood? Why no why no uh, poison? And Rathel puts a hand up and says, "I'm pretty good with cleaning." And you remember that she is the cleaner of the group. She is. She has prestidigitation and uh, and can um, clean or soil any um, aspect of uh, non-organic material. Uh, and so she has gone around and cleaned up all of the blood and all of the smell of poison. She's been clearly uh, working hard on on making sure there's no trace of the fight. There's no there's no signs of a battle though. There's no signs of uh, fighting. And uh, and she says I also have mending. Um, I have abilities to. Uh, to, to mend things. So you you did everybody get through fine? Uh, nobody was nobody was injured. And um, uh, Larrington, one of the alchemists, says there were injuries. Yes, but we had a supply of um, we had a supply of uh, uh, potions uh, of healing and also uh, potions of um, poison resistance that we have been accruing over the years. Uh, over the uh, over the years, yes, uh, we've been slowly creating potions for ourselves. It seems like they're all. In involved in this attack somehow, they've all been putting small things together, small small um, contributions that they were able to offer. So what's the so what's the plan from here? The plan is from here. Um, Bella, uh, Belladel says, the plan is from here that we uh, we stick to the same 
story. It is important that every one of us has the exact same story. He will be investigating, he will be interrogating. The Dragonborn were arrogant. They were furious at Lucifreak. They, sh they shouted about it being the last straw. They shouted about their, 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 their right to be hunting. Um, Pakrish uh, was the one who instigated it. He was, he was most furious about being left behind, like, uh, like Zakar. Uh, Zakar took offence to that. He shouted back um, that he was, he was twice the man Pakrish was, and being left behind was an honour. Uh, Pakrish was angry and took to the took to the walls and opened. Uh, he he took to the um, he took to the uh, the hut, uh, withdrew uh, some of our weapons and took to the walls to to go out and hunt. Zakar chased him, chase after him, saying that it was foolish of him to leave uh, to leave in this situation, and they both left together. That is the story, and we're sticking to it. If you can um, remove my blood off the vine walls, I can get my weapon and hide inside the tree. Uh, Lucifreak won't even know that I'm in here. It's, it's possible. What was what what happened with you? What what's your story, on the outside? How did the Dragonborn escape the dome in that story? We are hoping that Luc Lucifreak overlooks that piece of information. We are hoping that he acknowledges that they were building their own power. They had their own sway over the the bugs of the 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 um, walls. They managed to manipulate the walls to open a dome, and we know nothing about how it works. We don't know how he does it. So as far as we know, they can do it as well. And we're hoping that he uses that to uh, to to fuel his jealousy over them. He does not wish for anyone to challenge his power. And if they have the power to manipulate the dome. It's possible that he will be angry about that. All we know is they opened the, the hole. How they did it, we don't know. Perception check. What are you perception perceptioning behind the glamour? What do you want? What do you want to see? Is there any way to get the weapons in the hut? They had the keys on them. Uh, we do have the key, but if we open that weapon uh, that weapon hut, then our story falls apart. We've been in and we've taken back a couple of the weapons and stashed them in various places. We have a few of our weapons back. Only those that Pakrish took with him. You understand. Uh, you wanted to see if anyone seems uncomfortable or off uneasy at all? Absolutely. Let's make insight check. Six, eight total. Uh, yes, there's a lot of unease, unease around you. It seems like a lot of them aren't comfortable with this position that they're in, but they're they're in it now, and everybody's committed. Um, there was a hedgehog outside the dome. Um, did, would they have seen things? He says it's 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 possible that some of his his half creatures would have seen things. We we've that's where the that's where the foragers come in. Illator Than, Thanala and Irva have been um, for a while now deterring the deterring the the uh, half dragons from coming near the farm uh Enerun and jane the farmers they they've they've been working to uh, deter uh, the creatures around the farm uh, under the pretense that it's um 
it's dangerous for their crops and it's dangerous for keeping them alive and uh and Lucifreak has agreed that his, he will try and keep his uh, his army away from the farms. Uh, as such, we have hopefully not been seen by any of the um, the half dragons. What about the spies of the forest, the the birds and the bees and the trees and the all of that? He says we had to take our chances with it. At this point, Thanalai uh, walks back in, having relit all of the oil lanterns. So we start, uh, we start to exposition dump on them, tell them everything of what happened. Are we keeping anything back or are we telling them everything and how it happened, how it went down? Could we come up with a second story with more information to pretend to break under interrogation? Like, could they have mentioned going back to his father? Oh yeah, that's good. Good idea, Adria. You, you mentioned, listen, um, no offense is meant by this, but some of you will not hold up to interrogation. Uh, we need a secondary story that you can give him after he interrogates you. You can you can remember a piece of information about it. Um, Belladel says he doesn't take well to us lying. If if one of us breaks under interrogation, it's a confession that we were lying in the first place. He'll kill us. I don't think he'll kill you. <laughs> I'm so I'm, excuse me if I don't take the advice of a dwarf over what this this slave uh, this slaver that has enslaved me and my family for three years now. What how he will behave. Well, I'm sorry, Belladel, I don't want to cause you offence, but I have studied dragons for many years, not just three. I've studied dragons my whole goddamn life. I've studied dragons. I know about them. And it's not exactly true. You have only studied dragons since the one attacked your family about three years ago. Um, but you do know a lot more about dragons than he does. See, look, I know I've been up close to him. I know how he acts. He's lost. If he's lost three of his guards, his only three guards, then he won't kill all of you just randomly he will need he'll need you alive he'll need you to he'll either flee or he'll take you with him as a treasure you're tre you're not worth anything to him dead if you become a threat to him then he'll kill you but he won't kill you if, if you're just lying to him if anything he'll leave they would have uh, the the birds and bees and things would have seen us come into the dome so there's no hiding that Tell them everything, 100% exposition dump. Tell them everything. They have enough to remember to keep their own story straight. Let's give them plausible deniability. Tell them the story we're going to tell Lucy about Enola. Good point, Creative Garden. Good point. Um, have you got any healing potions left? We've got them pretty messed up. Uh, let me see. Let me see if they do. Let me roll a... Uh, they do not. No. I'm afraid they're out. Pona says, um, "I'm sorry. I, we're, we're we're all out. We weren't able to uh, to use. We weren't able to stockpile too many because the Dragonborn never uh, appreciated us having too too many on hand for this exact reason. Um, and so we've used the ones we had to get us all back up into tip-top shape. We can't have. I can't risk any sign that any of us were ever in a, a scuffle. Would you take me more seriously if my ears were pointy? <laughs> and if you stood a little higher from the ground?" He says. I can make up stories if they want to, but we can't lie to save our dang lives, and making things up is lying. Alright, so uh, a couple people, most people wanting to just tell them 100% the truth, but Creative Garden had a good point that if we um, if we tell them the truth, then that's another thing they have to lie about. Tell them the 100% truth, yes or no? What's the end game here? Are we just trading water waiting for reinforcements? Maybe. You are, you are knackered. If the dragon comes back and it starts a fight now, there's a very good chance you'll die. You have uh, no spells. 
no inspiration, no lucky horseshoe, no rerolls. You're on 19 of 56 hit points. If the dragon comes back and starts a fight, it's almost guaranteed you will die, as will a lot of the members, if not all of them, in the uh, in the village. So treading water till you uh, till you can have a long rest, at the very least, is probably a good idea. It's up to you, though. Um, tell them the 100% truth. 68% of you want to not tell them everything. So you, you, they used coded language to tell you things, so you do the same in return. Yes, you tell them. So here's what happened with me. I went out hunting, managed to find Charlie. He was already in a fight with Enola. She was not doing well. He seemed to have her under some kind of spell uh, and he attacked her. He killed, He managed to kill her. As he killed her, I, sh I shot at him and uh, and wasn't able to take him down. He set fire. He tried to set me on fire. He caught the trees around me. Uh, he chased me out of there and I ran for my life. Uh, as far as I know, Enola didn't make it. <sighs> okay. We need to rest and think. I don't know when Lucifer will be back. We just told them they and Charlie killed Enola together, but not now. Yeah, like you told them the truth to begin with, but when it comes to telling them the details of the truth, you have told them, and you've done so in the way of the same way that they did. You were like, wink, wink, here's what happened with me. Wink, wink. And they are smart enough to understand what just happened. Agreed. Understood. Right. Cassandra, sit down. And he pulls Cassandra over. What happened here? What happened tonight? She says, I, I, uh, um. Oh, nice, Cassandra, well done. She says, I, I don't know. Um, Charlie was hunted and then they left uh, and, and left Pakrish and uh, the, the two dragonborn here and, and they started shouting in some, about something. They were shouting in Draconic. I couldn't hear all of it. Uh, I heard I heard words of, uh, of of unfair and it's my right and and then they and then they uh, one of them went off to the hut and came out with some weapons and then left. He interrogates her. He kind of puts her gives her puts her through the third degrees. He's like putting her under a um, a trial uh, to try and make sure that she doesn't crack. And then he does the same again. Um, uh, Thalani, Thalani, uh, Thalani, sit down. What happened here? I'm I'm not sure. It was it was all a little confusing. They, the Dragonborn just left. Um, I think they went to join the fight. They were they were wanting to. No no no. You you know they went to join the fight. But I didn't hear. No, you know they went to join the fight. They went. They they felt out. They felt like Lucifreak was doing doing them wrong, and they deserved to be there. It was their right. He, they were angry at Lucifreak. We need to make sure that he knows that they were challenging his authority. That's the important thing. They were challenging his authority. They disobeyed his direct command and went to fight, knowingly. Right, okay. Um, he drills them on it a little more. He, he, he sits down uh, Larrington and Coppola. Belladell's really going through it with each of them in turn, making sure that everybody's um, is, everybody's got their story straight. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? Well, I mean, what is, what is Apis doing? I'm very concerned with that big hole in the story to the elves. Enola already being in a fight with Charlie doesn't make sense when Lucifreak centers into the undead woods with her. How do we explain getting separated? You can you can say that she was just ahead of you and then you heard the fight kick off. He was obviously, he, he ambushed her. She was in a fight. You caught up and, uh, and, and continued the thing there. Being with her doesn't mean you're like side by side the whole way. Like you could have been like a, like 
20 feet apart like searching different parts of the forest and then you heard an ambush oh shit what's happened and you run over to her and there you go separated by a wall of earth there you go we can we can come up with something so is there anything else you want to talk about do rest just just go get a get a sleep immediately start to doze all right it is the early hours of the morning any of you able to mend my bedroll so i can get a proper rest um Rathal says, oh, I can. And Belladel says, no, um, leave it. It's it's important that the, that he sees that you pushed your way in um, properly. So it's important that he knows that nobody has left this dome. If the only hole into the dome is the one that you've pushed your way in, it's important that we leave that as is. You can sleep on the cushions. Okay. You can either go down to the um, to the hut and sleep in a bed or get the bedding from the hut. Or you can just go into the um, go into the, uh, the 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 meditation hall, which has got a lot of cushions around, and just try and sleep on the cushions. And it's uh, she was behind us, and we had to turn back because we heard her get ambushed behind us. Well, there you go. Then we tell her. We tell. We, we, then we're telling the truth. Uh, she was behind us. Uh, we heard her get ambushed, and we turned back to see her being attacked. Uh, and then, blah blah blah. Yeah, good idea, Miss Sparrow. Meditation hall. Don't go to the hut. All right. Um, as you um, as you head out uh, of the hut, you see you you almost bump into Nim, who is um, a human artificer uh, coming along the the, the walkway with you, um, and he bu- almost bumps into you, and then immediately he tries to hide something behind his back. And you say, "It's okay. I know about it. I'm, I'm on your side. Um, Charlie has escaped. Enola is dead. Um, we need to uh, we need to rest. Get our story straight before before the morning." He says. Um, well, I got, I, I, um, I got it to work, and he sticks his head in the hut and says, "It's working. Um, I'm going to put it back on him now." And then he heads down the rope ladder very quickly, and you can see him sort of reaching up to, um, to, uh, uh, to place it back on Tauchu's uh, forearm and starts, um, starts, uh, lacing it back up again. Um, gnome artificer? Uh, no, he was a human. The gnome was um, the gnome was a jeweler, um, uh, Lan- Langdon La- La- Lo- Logan, I think. Um, and he, um, Logan, was in the in the meeting hall. He's one of the people getting drilled by Belladel. What does the bracer do? The bracer of the Knight of Kavosna is a, uh, a an insignia that di- signifies that you're part of that faction, a uh, faction of law enforcers. And when uh, when you're attuned to it, you can press the the bracer, and it will um, it will alert other knights in the area. Uh, anyone who is attuned to a bracer of their own, any other knights in the area in the particular radius of the the um, the bracer, will be alerted to the fact that you need help. It's like an old-fashioned police whistle, as a way of like alerting the other policemen, like hey, I need help. Um, and so you start out with a relatively small radius uh, on your bracer, and then it gets larger and larger, so that um, Tao Chu's, who was a, uh, a lion, I think he was a lion um, class of the Knights of Kavosna, he, he should have a relatively large radius, and hopefully any of the Knights uh, of Kavosna who are out uh, as part of the rescue party have been alerted to your presence, and, uh, and they will know the direction and distance to your, uh, your presence. It's a life alert, yes. So he, uh, Nim, reattaches the, um, the the bracer on. You head to the um, you head to the the uh, the um, sleeping hut, and then just as you're sort of putting some cushions together and starting to lie down, 
you hear a sound that you're not uh, too happy to hear. The sound of a tearing open um, vegetative dome above you. And then the sounds of something very large swooping in. And a yelling of, What the hell is happening here? Uh, and that is where we're going to leave it. As Lucifreak returns to the dome before you manage to get your long rest. The early hours of the morning, Lucifreak returns. And next time we will have to decide how we face him and what we what we say. Thank you for joining me, everybody. I will see you next time. Bye. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision-making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do, and it notifies you when I go live, so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.